Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip-hop? Right here, what we're going to do is go back. This is Capri. This is Mika. And this is Dante. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, coach Melvin. Uh, I am a Herbalife Nutritionist coach. So I'm here to join these ladies and uh, see what they got to talk about tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, Melvin. So go on and drink up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had fun, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we're not, you know, we ain't going to break them in like that. Yeah, yeah we won't do that. Not today. Some people we do though. We actually take shots and they yeah, be like, break them by right the end of it, they be like, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> Broke right in. How long this last? They don't never even know. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Just be talking. Yes. They ain't even thought two seconds about it. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow is our big day. Yes, we do the podcast live. You should come see us tomorrow. Where is that? Yeah, Ice Event Center. Okay. Um, it starts at 7, we will do a meet and greet from 7 to 7.30, and then record, I'm going to assume, till about 9-ish. Yeah, about 9-ish. Yeah, probably, because, mm-hmm. I mean, with the crowd involved, I think exactly. it'll go a little bit longer than we normally do. So y'all going to mm-hmm. do Q&A and all that? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to be dope. Come bring you yeah. some questions. Yeah. Uh, we gotta, we're going to even have a little suggestion box, so you know if you ain't comfortable, you got a question to ask, and you ain't comfortable asking out loud, you can go and throw it in the box. I'm comfortable. Throw it in the bag. <laughs> Give us some questions. So, um, we've had a pretty busy weekend. All of us have. Yeah. Mika's tired from the babies yesterday. I am. They woke she my ass out. I said I was baby. Amy! <laughs> they asked what my ass out. Woo! You have a small child, right? I do. How old? He's uh, 18 months. Okay. Ooh, bless yeah, your that is a small. Ooh, he's yeah. small. He's, and then your daughter. My daughter is... Four going on 40. Oh, he still got young, young ones. Okay, yeah. yeah I started ones. late. I started real late. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with it. Right. Man, ain't nothing Man, wrong with it. I don't think my patience would have lasted if I was 21 having kids. You would have had to grow up and get, you would have had to grow, you know what? grow some patience. Crazy as this sounds, when I hear these stories about the women strangling and shaking the mess out of their kids, <laughs> you ain't in your right mind. I can see how that can happen. Because yeah. postpartum because, depression is real. Yeah, it's, it's serious. Yeah. It's because kids get in their space. Yeah. Where you have it that you know of? I felt like I had it. Because for the first year of my daughter's yeah. life, I was I was there. Like, every single day. Because I was in school. So, I only I went to school like three hours out the day. And the remainder of the day, I was with my daughter. And, man, it was days I look in the mirror and be like, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if you don't smoke or drink, by the time you start. Uh, this is real. I, I kid you not, I called my sister. My sister has four kids. And I used to be on her all the time. Oh, you're just being lazy. Oh, you need to quit doing it. Quit doing it. I called her. I said, you know what? I apologize. I said, exactly. because See, uh, this is real. 
Yeah. I said, I only got yes. one and you got four. This is real. Yeah. Real. But, it is real. So, yeah, people don't understand. So shout out to all the single women out there raising kids <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> I don't, so it's so funny because I always say that like people with no kids have no idea what it's like. Yeah. And, it, you know, they have this. You have, because we all did it. You know, you have this mindset of what you think it's going to be mm-hmm. like. But it's nothing like what you think it's going to be like. And then you have one kid, and that don't qualify you for the ex, for anybody that come after them. Because so, everybody is different. Right. Yeah, so yes. I was 18 when I had my daughter. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, but I was pregnant mm-hmm. at Douglas. Mm-hmm. But our, my mom used to live here, and so the couch would sit right here. Mm-hmm. And I would literally sit on that couch facing the front door with this baby waiting on my mama to get home. <laughs> so she could help me. Yeah. <laughs> you just Right here, like... What time is it? Like, she didn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> now, the kicker is, I remember going to the mall before I had kids, and you would see parents walk around with their kids, and their kids just screaming and hollering. And the parent just, like, in a whole different world, not listening, not, not saying nothing. Right. And you're like, if you don't tell your child, what? look at this parent, look at that, blah, blah, blah. Until you have kids of your own, and you learn how to block them out, Oh, it makes exactly. sense now. It makes it sense. Yeah. Sometimes you have to ignore yeah. them. You gotta ignore yeah. them. A lot of yeah. times, yeah. just yeah. snatch yeah. them up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's sometimes you can't tell a child to shut up or shut the fuck up yeah, enough. Right. Like you and you and you and hold on. I was we was out yesterday because we went to that concert after with that fair, and Legend was climbing on top of something, and I told him to get down. And my cousin said, "So you was you? I could tell the struggle." She said you were stuck between the black mama and the white mama. <laughs> you didn't know which one, which mama you wanted to be in that moment. She said, but I could tell, I could just see that you were struggling. Were like, you around white people? Yes. That, so you have it's to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's black people, okay, you just get okay. if, if you're around black people, you're going to go ahead yeah, and say yeah, whatever you need to say. But I, since it was so many white people around, I had to kind of control what I was trying to exactly. say. And tailor that so it don't come off like I just be shit of my kids, you know. But it was just one of the moments because he just kept like, and it wasn't like y'all know legend. Yeah. And I'm like, get down from there, get down from there, get get down from there, yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was trying to come out, yeah. <laughs> and she like, okay, okay. bring it back. Bring so it back in. that's funny. So have y'all seen? Did y'all see that video? I sent y'all that video of that oh, little boy. Yes. That was on that airplane with his mama on an eight-hour flight from Germany, flying all the way back to the States. And that they said that baby hollered. Eight hours. For eight the hours. The entire time. The entire Ooh. time for the entire flight. Something had to be wrong with that baby. He did. They yeah. said that he had, like, Something behavior problems. And baby, how do you have behavior no, problems at two? He was, what they, but he was, was he two? He was, was like two. Yeah, they said that my mama was unbothered really too. Yeah, that he just like, kind of oh, She blocked him out a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. But okay, eight but hours if you but they said he didn't okay, so maybe he didn't like scream and holler the whole eight hours. They said but he, he said holler. he got down. He was running all over the place. He wasn't in the chair. He wasn't and he wouldn't sit down. She it's basically almost kind of like they were saying she couldn't control. So it. as a parent, do you do you take your kid on a trip like that, knowing that they're gonna do that? If you like, had a, if you don't have a choice, that was not the first time. Yeah. You better, on them type of things, you better take well, an extra two or three days It depends, because my, my daughter's first time getting on a flight. You can't drive from Germany to the United States. She should have did something different, though. <laughs> know what you, know what you, you do? Drive from Germany. Right. <laughs> she right. Right. <laughs> she <laughs> could drive, but what she should have did is something different. But what 
But you what, probably what should. What could she do if it was a right? if family crisis? If, if you got to get from her. Germany to the United States, it's a family crisis, and you have to get here. You don't know. You don't keep some quiet, but, but like graham no, crackers. No, you probably push up some melon. You better better push your baby on some melatonin before you get right. Before you get yeah. on that plane, yeah. you know your kids, and I know that sounds horrible, and people think like, but if you don't, ha- if you have kids, then you know your kid. So like, she you know whether or not that. your kid yeah, can make did. it on an eight-hour flight. I, in her defense, my daughter first time being on a flight, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. She's gonna be quiet. She just sent her list of iPad. And then two flights later, she <laughs> acted the damn fool. But so, how long though? It wasn't long, but she didn't act like she acted first time on that flight. And I think it was as they get older and they know that they can get away with more stuff, then they take that leap and they especially if they smart right. enough to know we in front of all these people. You ain't yeah, gonna, 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 gonna do that. Right. I mean that's yeah. they may be in the bathroom. But you can <laughs> <laughs> that don't always work though. Right. Yeah. My kids I don't know, but my kids ain't never Especially when that. they know you're in public and it's like, Okay, what you gonna do? Oh, baby. I my didn't kids have, ain't never acted. Let like me that, tell though. you what had happened to me. I didn't pinch my baby and he didn't start hollering. And he's the one because Anaya would stop. But baby, he didn't start hollering louder. And I have a niece that you can't tell her once she starts crying, you can't tell her to stop crying. You just got to let her cry mm-hmm. it out. Because mm-hmm. at that point, like, you can't, she won't stop. I don't care. You can hit her, beat her. She what you're going to end up doing is abusing her yeah. to get her to stop. She don't stop. Like, ain't no way to get her to stop. Girl. And some kids are like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they God knew who to place what kids were who. Because I would have been the one they would have walked me out. Because baby, I would have been like, Come here. My kids, they know that whole look. Come here. Girl, I walked in the house yesterday, girl, and my mama's house, girl, and I told Jaden she could not put that wax stuff in her hair. I walked in the hair, and that baby's ponytail was blue. Nick, girl, I, I looked at her and my mama just like, girl, she, you should have seen her eyes. Girl, I said, mama said, we'll wash it out. I can already tell that she finished it. Don't whoop me. I know you didn't. Mom, and I know you didn't do it after I told you to. Girl, I could have snatched, girl. I, I, I used to snatch them up. I don't care where we at. See, this people, the white people scared of. When right. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to, no. right. I, well, my kids, I did not have to. If I give them a look, my kids will be straight. I, uh, baby. Legend wasn't girl. that kid. Now, Naya has always been that one. But he taught me something about personalities. And he didn't make me have to start, like, praying like so what's gonna work what ain't gonna work you know you see white people doing weird stuff and i didn't believe i didn't believe in putting kids on leashes till i had him <laughs> and i was like you know when we went to new york and all the moving around we was doing i was like you know uh, and i was like you know because we didn't take him so everybody's like why you didn't take him i said baby we would have lost him because yeah. he's the kid literally he will do stuff like jump on the on the subway and trying to jump back off the doors and close. And we like, ah! <laughs> get my baby. Get my baby. I'm no. chasing the subway trying to catch the subway because my baby didn't play too much. Because he played too much like that. Can you tell the difference between having a boy and a girl? Personality-wise, or is he too young? Uh, Well, he's in the following stage right now, so he follows anything his sister does. She's a leader. She's a Virgo, so she's strong-minded on everything she does. Right. So she did. He is too. Aria's birthday is the day after mine. I think the first one. Oh shit. Okay. So you know, she thinks she's running everything right now. So 
I can't tell the difference. Once he get into his little personality, then we'll see how he go. Oh, okay. He yeah. gonna have that? Yeah. Because every child is different. Mm-hmm. For sure. Every single one. Yeah, every child And you have is. to discipline them differently, too. Yeah. Because yeah. what works for one don't work for the other. But it ain't till you have them that you be like, all right. So I looked at that woman on that flight, and I was like, and they was like, and she didn't do, she didn't buzz. She just let him, baby. She was like... We got. She checked out. She probably checked as out. Soon as they got <laughs> but I tell people that like I can hear a lot of noise around me, but won't hear the noise. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm so used mm-hmm. to tuning my kids out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like loud noises don't bother me. I don't know about that because we when we came back from Miami, I told y'all that baby was right in front of me, and I was like, um, the mom and daddy was like sitting there, and the baby was ah. The daddy is he gonna help? Like help? <laughs> I was just sitting out. Finally, he got a girl and she finally went to sleep. I was looking at the mama, but the mama, y'all seen that mama couldn't control that baby on the flight we was on. She was just running around. I was like, please don't let this flight you be like that. You're like Iranian type looking people? No, that was like Hispanic you remember was or something. Hispanic? Yeah. With but she was standing with that little girl running that kept running on And she just her. kept on chasing her. You remember? Oh, girl, I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I said, didn't pay no attention. No. She toned up. I toned yeah. it out. It doesn't matter. Uh, but see me, I don't, I don't, I can't tone everything I out. I can't tone everything out. But I do sometimes, I find myself like in a space and people be talking to me and they be telling me something and I'll be like, so wait, what did you just say? <laughs> like, yeah, we did. You got a question for us today? Yeah. No, I don't. You don't? Why did you say yeah? Because <laughs> I thought of one, but I feel like it's part of the subject. So oh, should I ask the question still? Y'all yeah, want me to ask it anyway? Ahead. Yeah. So, um, when women, so in regards to like women, so we're talking about bodies, so we're going to start talking about like body image. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that a woman, the way a woman views herself, either of y'all, a woman views herself affects the way her sexual life is? Uh, the way? Yeah. No, so, what, what do you think like, so can a woman have be like self-conscious about her body and still be a good lover? Yes. Uh, depends on how many shots she had. No. Uh, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> uh, that's probably it, true. It depends on the, 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 the level of confidence that woman has regardless. Because, you know, some women, they might not be comfortable with the way their body looks, but they confident enough to know, I ain't trying to change it right now. This is who I am, and this is what you go get. But I'm still sexually liking what I do. So, it depends on the individual. If she got low self-esteem coming into it, then chances are she going to be limited on what she going to do in the bedroom. So, yes, because cause you, I mean, just like we talked about on that one episode where Raven was saying that the man kept on his shirt. Oh, kept his shirt Because you imagine on? just having sex with some woman. And she don't take always, off her clothes. And she don't take off her clothes. She just sit, <laughs> pulling her pants down halfway and... That would be just so. Uh, well, they didn't care about that though. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, like, they you, do. No, you think they care about a woman's body? No, that's what how I'm it looks. No, I don't, I don't think. think a, but I think a woman is self conscious, and she's you know sometimes she's just not going to show her body. You know, some women is just self conscious. So the question was, do you think a woman's sexual or a woman's sex life um, is dependent upon her confidence in her body? So if a woman is not really self or consciously or, or confident about her body, do you think that affects her sex, her sex life? I think so. So how much do you think it affects her sex life? Because Melba said if she had a few shots. That's true, but yeah. but without the liquor, I think that it could possibly. It definitely could. It depends on how comfortable the guy makes her feel too. Now that's right. probably that yeah. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah, because if he if he's comfortable enough to let her know, 
I ain't really tripping about how you feel or how you look in the bedroom. I just want to be with you. She'll be in her mind. Maybe. I can do whatever. Exactly. Maybe. Because I think that's still, I think that there are some people who, no matter how much you tell them, like, you don't care, mm-hmm. or you're not conscious about their body, or that part of your body don't bother me, or I don't look at that, that I think there are still some people who have insecurities, have insecurities about their body. I also feel like the level of insecurities also make a woman go over and beyond in the bedroom. Because if you got a woman who's insecure about her body and she ain't been with a man in a long time and one guy comes along and gives her that attention that she ain't got, she might feel like, oh, I normally don't give head, but I'm going to give it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it tonight. Well, I'm trying to keep this one. So, this one ain't going nowhere. This one ain't going nowhere. Going nowhere. So, that can play a part, too. That can play a huge part, too. That might have some truth to that. Like, it could be. Right here, but tonight I want to. <laughs> I want to. I don't want him looking at my body going. I ain't okay. going back with her now. Nah, she do whatever, exactly. so I'm gonna go back to her. So it depends. So you said know. that. uh What was you saying? You came over and you said that women. um I lost my train of thought. Just that you quickly. made me lose my train of thought. I don't know. She said something. Yeah, but she didn't know really the question. So you gotta. That's no, she asked me the question, but I do think that sometimes you being confident or having like self-esteem issues, I do think that it can affect you in the bedroom. That, yeah. Okay. But I think that also affects not just in sexual period in life. True. Oh, you were saying men don't care about what women's bodies look like. No, that's I lot. mean, you said it's a lot. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> to me, it just seemed like they just want the they sex. Want like, mm-hmm. what does it matter what a body look like if you mm-hmm. get So you're telling me you ain't never been with a woman who wasn't necessarily... <laughs> Small, but what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta, we're gonna keep it. Depends on how many shots I've had. <laughs> okay. So, my, if you've had several, nah, enough back shots. in the day when I was coming up, I think it depends on the level of maturity. As you get older, you know what I'm saying? Images don't necessarily mean everything, of course, once you get older, but. You know, if you have a preference, then you go go for that preference. If you don't, I ain't just gonna be walking around and be like, oh, yeah, she look like this. I don't care. I'm going to get with her anyway. No. Now, if I was 21, back in the day, (laughs) you know, honestly, that's how, I'm going to say in our culture, that's how black men used to think, depending on how you was raised. They still think that way. And I'm just speaking sexually, not being in a relationship, because relationship-wise, you want somebody to look like right. Well, yeah, in that case, men don't care. Yeah, if you yeah. just wanted to sex have life, sex with like somebody, just having sex with somebody, yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Not necessarily you don't have like, a lot of body look like. Right. Yeah. You just gonna hit it and move on. Right. right. Yeah. If yeah. she, yeah, a relationship wise, you want to make sure she look like yeah. something, and right. he look like something. Right. right. So does it matter? Like, okay, so we talking about fitness, and then so now the new thing is um, surgically fit. Mm. <laughs> um, so you see a lot of women who have altered their bodies. Right. Um, so do you think? Um, a woman is has low self esteem if she gets surgery or if she so which would you prefer? Would you prefer a woman to do fitness or surgery? But if a woman says, I've done fitness, I've been doing fitness for a while, I want to do surgery, would you be mad at her for that? No. No. Uh <clears throat> I don't think that's an issue. Uh it depends on how far you're going with it. Cause some of these women go too far with it. And 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 it's bigger than just now they're just living up to the stigma of the IG models. I want to look like one of these models. And if, right. if you're doing it for that reason, then that's a turnoff. But if you're doing it because, okay, I, 
ever since I've been a little girl, my titties been little. I've always wanted to have big titties. So I went and got the surgery and I had big titties. It ain't that I'm trying to please nobody. I just, for me personally, I'm cool with that. But if you going in and uh, just because Megan Thee Stallion got a big ass now, I, I got to go get a fake ass. When nothing went wrong with my butt in the beginning, but now I got to get it bigger. And then you walk around looking like uh, T.I. wife. Oh, yes. <laughs> but a lot of them girls' bodies look the same. They all look alike to me. That's what's, that's, I mean, that's, that's what's going the, right now. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. I'm just you saying, know, it's trending. It's trending. And well, me, I, it, like what you said earlier, you said, remember I said I was tired yesterday, and you said it's because of what I'm putting in my body. Mm-hmm. I don't eat the best. I do try to go work out, but I don't eat the best. But I do want surgery, but only on my stomach. Just to. That's lazy. Well, go ahead. It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but it I, is. is it lazy if, like, say, so, like. I, I would say yes, in my case, because. I don't really like getting down there doing crunches. Mm-hmm. I don't really like being consistent. It's not that I, I don't like being consistent, but I'm not consistent with what I eat. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a few good days where I eat good, but then it's like, well, that burger look good, so I'm going to eat this burger today. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't eat a burger, like, once a, a week. I'm just, I don't go crazy with it, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, it is, a part of it is being lazy. And it, it's like, to me, the whole surgery thing is the easy way out. It definitely is. Well, I mean, I guess it would be the easy way out in some instances. But for me, like, so the only benefit for surgery for me is because I've had kids and I have, like, it don't matter. I've worked out. I've eaten well. I've, like, I mean, you go to work to my job and they're like, you eat grains and look like you're eating like a bird and a a rabbit. You know, because they know that that's just my thing. Like, I eat really good. And I go to the gym on a regular basis. But I have this little hangish that just, I know it ain't going nowhere. I don't care how much. I do. That, that is well, I'm going to blame I that, too. <laughs> I can do all the crunches, run yeah, 15 miles. Ain't going nowhere. It's not going. Yeah, that skin, skin ain't going, ain't going right, nowhere. Right, right, right. So, like, for me, I would tuck it just yeah. because it's not going anywhere. Right. I didn't have it before my son, and I had a cesarean, and mm-hmm. instead of them tucking it like I asked when they was cutting me, mm-hmm. they didn't tuck it. Oh, you don't need that shit. I want to go find my... Um, OBGYN to tell her now. So do you think I don't need it now? Because everything, I mean, it, it, it's flat. It goes down. It's not big. And everybody's like, why do you work out so much? I'm like, because, you know, I like to do that. But at the end of the day, I can't get rid of that. Yeah. It's just not going anywhere. And I enjoy the gym. It's actually therapeutic for me. It is. It's therapeutic. And what it teaches you is discipline and commitment. And that that structure alone. And that's why, even for me, putting what I'm, what I'm doing over here in this community on outside of the community so I can educate us on how important it is for us. Because it's not just about, oh, I want to eat right, I want to look right, I want to, you know, feel like this. Like, if you can get healthy, your mindset changes. True. Because you are learning something about yourself that you probably didn't. And in our culture, we ain't taught that. We taught to eat the soul food. We taught to go over to grandma's house every other day and eat like this. We taught to eat all the dessert, and we taught eat everything on your plate. Yeah, eat everything on your plate. That yeah. is my problem. Eat everything on your plate. I do not, I do not waste food, yeah, and you, I hate that yeah. I have that mindset. And yeah. I, t- I talk about that all the time. Like I hate that I have that mindset where I'm not wasteful. Yeah, but it's actually detrimental to me at the very same time. Much, very much so. So yeah, because the kids in China ain't ain't eating. That's so. how I feel. That's how they. <laughs> <laughs> 
teenagers and kids. So the kids in China ain't eating. And I got smart with it. And I started telling them, well, just send this plate to China. In Africa. In Africa. We heard China. We heard Africa. We don't have clean water. And I'm like, are y'all, you really going to throw that away? Like, it's people that wish they had that right now. Right. I just used to be like, well, just send it to them. <laughs> you can package this. Well, here, look. You okay. can send them my plate because I don't want this. So I lost out the way for a second. But how did you get into the whole herbal life and like nutrition? Because I, you teach classes as well, I do. I do. and you have like a lot of people up there. I do. Uh, nutrition started with me. I I used to always work out. Uh, probably when I hit like I wasn't an athlete in high school. I never really cared about sports until that magnitude. I never really worked out. I was always skinny. Uh, by 25, I really started getting into fitness because I started hanging around my buddies who worked out. And I just had that image of myself. Oh, I want muscles here. I want muscles here. I want muscles. So this is what they're doing to get it. So I want to do it. But I ate whatever. I stayed at McDonald's. I stayed at Wendy's. I stayed eating however I wanted to because I was always skinny. But we all know once you hit 30, that metabolism is going to shit. So my body started changing. I started getting the gut. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I got to go get more crunches, go get more crunches. And like I said, coming from my community growing up, we're not educated on nutrition. So I didn't know I had to eat a certain amount of, like, nutrition really just started getting popular probably in the last five, ten years because right. of social media. Right, right. Makes it look cool and making everybody get that, you know, image of you need to eat this way, eat that way. So we didn't have that coming up. So when I started looking at it and I got introduced to uh, Herbalife, my, I never did supplements. I never took anything. And I started to notice the change in how I felt. Because after 30, when I got off of work, I want to go home. I want to lay down. I want to relax. And my mindset was, I'm getting older. This is how you're supposed to feel. Because everybody, generation after generation, once you hit this certain age, you're going to be tired. Like you said, well, I'm getting older. We thinking that's how it's supposed to be. But I started realizing it was the food that I was putting in my body. Because anytime I eat that burger and fries, we get that itis. I want to go lay down. After Thanksgiving dinner, everybody going to lay down. Right, right. We go watch football. <laughs> we go sit on the chair. That's because we done ate three plates of nothing but heavy food that's right, just yeah. sitting on us. That's true. So when I start educating myself, then Herbalife, they really focus on making sure you know what you're doing before you take it to the extreme of now you want to start coaching other people. And, and they, they challenge me. And I had never been challenged in my life. My, my upbringing was go get an education if you want to. Go get a good job. Stay on a good job. Survive. That's what we was taught. You need to learn how to survive pretty much. So when I started getting around people that wasn't thinking survival mode, it was scary at the beginning. And I think for most people, especially black people, when we get out of our comfort zone, it's scary. Because we like, now. Nah, I'm used to this. This right. is this is who I am. Right, this is where right. I've been all my life. And then I'm going around people who don't act like me, who don't talk like me, who don't walk like me. I'm going to stay away from y'all. Right. Because uh, I, ain't, I ain't with that life right now. But I learned very fast that in order for me to be the best me, I got to start taking care of me. And I preach this all the time in my club, especially for black women, because I feel like black women are quick to put others before themselves. I feel like they got a y'all got a bad case of let me take care of the kids, let me take care of mama, let me take care of this, let me take care of that. And this is just a generational curse that we all taught up, especially before women start working and really start providing for themselves. That's what the standard was. You go take care of the household and you put yourself last. 
So as I started educating myself and understanding that I got four sisters. So seeing black women around the household trying to take care of me was the norm. So when I started getting educated on this whole wealth and health, uh, wellness and health thing, I'm like, y'all terrible. Because y'all love everybody but yourself. <laughs> y'all love everybody but yourself. So I made it a priority to make sure, and that's why most of my clientele is women. I make it a priority to make sure that black women understand, let me give myself a year or two just dedicated to me. Let me be selfish. And it ain't a sense that I don't love my kids, I don't love my mama, I don't love my dad, but I love me more. And I got to love me more in order to give you the love that, it, that you going to need from me one day. And I think once women start understanding how important it is to love themselves first, you can be a better person. I think sometimes in that space where, you know, it's easier said than done, because what ends up happening is people criticize you. Right. So when, how do you find, Yeah. How do you find time to go to the gym? Yeah. How do you find time? Don't that take away from your kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I get that on a regular. I don't know how you do it because I got these kids over here. Well, I got kids too. But you got to make time for what's important too. And right. health is something that's important. Right. So it's like the other day, I, I worked all day. I went to class and then I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. Even if it's if I do 30 minutes of cardio, it's mm-hmm. something. But I told myself, okay, I'm going to leave the gym by 830 because my kids are at home and I didn't want, you know. And so it is, it is a lot of stuff that you have to factor. And we do put a lot of people before ourselves, mm-hmm. which, you know, and like she said, we are criticized if we're selfish. Yeah. Very so criticized. Like you have like, to, yeah, you have to try to find, balance it out. you got to block out mm-hmm. people's comments and how people feel about it and come back over to the space where you're like, you know what, but I'm doing this for me, yeah. no matter what anybody yeah. else thinks. And still balance, you know, yeah, I still have to take care of the kids. I still got to get to my job. I still got to try to stay up long enough to function through the day, you know, because I've made the sacrifice of getting up at 5 in the morning to go to the gym. And and most of the people that you probably hang around be like, girl, I ain't getting up at 5. We used to go together. We used to go together at 5. But, I mean, yeah, you do get those. Like, girl, you get up at 5 in the morning? Like, I can't believe you don't care about the morning, you know? But or, that's a lot. That's a large number. It's a large right. number. Right. That's a large number. Or, you know, the fact that I'm not big. So, why are you getting up at 5 in the morning and to go to the gym and yeah. you not even big? But it's like, more than I don't even understand. Big, though. It's you about know? being healthy, healthy, your heart. And that's the stigmatism right. that, that we have in our community. We think, we equate small, slim to healthy. Yes. That's not That's, that's not, not true. It's not true. That's right. not it. I know a girl right now that's addicted to eating powder, baby powder. <laughs> She's had she has a, a issue eating baby powder, and she is smaller than me, you, all of us. And you will look at her and think, "Oh, she got it together." But this baby is so sick; she is sick as I don't know what her insides are very messed up because she's poor nutrition. So it's funny you say that because my mom she my mom never weighed over a hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and my mom was addicted to eating flour. Mm-hmm. And by the time she got sick at the end and they ran all her blood work, they said it's been, it's like she'd been living in a third world country yeah. because her nutrition levels were so, so low. low. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <clears throat> her nutrition levels were so low because she didn't really eat. She ate powder. I mean, uh, not powder, but uh, flour. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that because she was so small. On the outside, you looking like... She always kept her weight off. You know, right. but like she was so unhealthy. Yeah. So unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. My mama used to always say, and that's probably why I still work out, you know, when I can or why I make sure I try to get to the gym and stuff. But my mama used to always tell me stuff like, um, skinny people have heart attacks too. Yes. Yes, she indeed. used to say that all the time yes, to me, indeed. like skinny people have yes, heart attacks indeed. too. Yes, and so indeed. that's always been my mentality. She yeah. never made me feel like because I was smaller that I could just 
do whatever. Right. She always used to tell me, skinny people have heart attacks too. So just, you know, just because you're skinny, I mean, it is because she's a nurse and mm-hmm. so she's seen it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, her thing was, you know, um, you got to be healthy, whatever you need to do. You know, if I get too stressed out, she'd be like, baby, you're going to stroke out. You need to go to the gym. Yeah. Go run it out. The gym is like my peace. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like yeah. it does yeah. something for me. Like, yeah. it's like, I don't know. It just does something for me. I love it. But that's crazy that you can say that in one instant, but it's not a priority. When do we make it a priority? No, it is. For the most part, For the eating, most part. eating healthy is not a priority. It's, not a priority. it's somewhat <laughs> of a priority. <laughs> no, I eat healthy, don't you I? Do healthy. I really I don't do know eat. why you say that. No, I'm just saying I have my moments. But for the most part, I do eat healthy. And it's my, uh, I mean, we, I, I tell people all the time, don't try to go cold turkey with this thing. Because you got to think about it. We've created habits over years. We all over 30. So over the years of creating bad habits and then all of a sudden in six months you want to be on this level right here. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't eat terrible. Yeah. But I'm just saying I have my moments. That's all. I mean, I, I do. I'm not hard on myself when I do eat something that I like. Like, I'm not hard on myself in that space. But I try to, as much as I can to keep it on, like, you know, eating healthier and being conscious of the things I put into my body and things like that. <clears throat> I do try to be as conscious about it as possible, but I'm not hard on myself if I go and get some ice cream. But I am hard on you know? myself, though. Why? That's I don't know. It's it's a mental thing. Because like, for, like, for the most part, like I eat cucumber salads, I eat salmon, I eat all that stuff, mm-hmm. avocado. But if I have a burger or if I even have a pop, I feel bad about having a pop. So I might have a pop like two times a month. So let me ask you this. What's your goal? To lose weight. Are you losing weight? I'm maintaining. Maintain. <laughs> but I'm not gain- no, listen, I lost 20 pounds, okay. and I kept that 20 pounds off. Did you congratulate yourself for losing 20 pounds? How did you feel after you lost 20 pounds? Were you proud of yourself? Yeah. Okay. So now I'm working to lose probably like 10 more pounds. In the process like of losing that. that 20 pounds, how hard was you on yourself? Um, I don't know. You, you Probably did. very hard. Very hard. Did you feel like you? Because she's. I, you was that's doing what I'm saying. It. I think uh, childhood wise. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we talk about like weight and body image and things like that, your childhood I it think, affected me. Affected a lot. you a lot. It like, affected me she a lot. Because she talks a lot about like her body and body image and things like that. But stuff that we be like, girl, what is yeah. like? And it's, I'm gonna tell you why. Because my mom was 100 mama, pounds. Yeah. My dad probably was like 150 160 and even the last time i saw my dad he said you look like you keeping your weight off every time i saw my parents it was always about weight and Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not skinny like you i mean i'm not big but it's like i'm not skinny like y'all so it did affect me Mm -hmm. and so i do that's why when i do eat burgers and fries and stuff i do feel bad about it i still eat it but i you know i feel bad about it it's like i said it's the mind is a crazy thing and and we be amazed at how many things affects us on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So that's why when you say, you know, even with the gym and how ther- therapeutically it is, and being able to just go in there and meditate or do whatever it is to get out of that world, like, that's why I tell us, like, we got to do that. We got to make it a priority. You know how I many people I know come in to shop and they be like, just having random conversation and they know everything about love and hip hop. They know everything about power. They know everything about every sitcom that come on Monday through Sunday. And I'd be like, so why you ain't going to work out this week? I ain't got time. Yeah, got time. <laughs> got time. Cut out one time. of them shows. Got time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
In the gym has TVs. Watch it at the gym. Well, okay, so first of all, let me tell you something. I I mean, I know I go to the gym, and I know it's therapeutic, but I don't particularly love the gym. I don't either. So, like, I have to sometimes force... No, I don't. Like... If I, I, you know, and I know people be like, you run that mile, you get it going, and I get it, and I get it done, because I know I have to get it done, but there are times in my life I wish I could just be like, all right, we good. I don't know, it's my place to get away from work, get away from kids, get away from everybody, I don't respond to text messages, I'm listening to my music, that's just my place. So what I try to create is a family. When I say a family... Getting in shape, getting healthy, getting fit, all that stuff that goes along with that structure is hard doing it by yourself. Because like you said, y'all both was getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and doing it. Like, that's that's fun. Now you got an accountability partner. True. So when you got an accountability partner... It, it makes, was. It, it wasn't fun. A, it made us accountable made to each other. But I still rolled over like, ugh. <laughs> 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 I promise y'all. But after I you know, walked out, you were feeling good. We I did. Mean, but some mornings I'd be like, I hope she'll text me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone you, be like, like, you be like, you up? I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> could it be the same hair? Yeah, like, oh, hold on. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get this extra sleep if she don't say no. Then she takes me like, you up? Like, guess I am. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, I have not always been, I, I don't, I have like a love-hate relationship with the gym. Uh-huh. And I have people who be like, I love it. And I'm like, I don't love it. Yeah. Like, it's not something that I would prefer to be doing. I could go 100% without it. I know you it's needed. Good? I like feeling good, mm-hmm. but I don't like the process. We'll find something else that... I don't like classes, so people have asked me to do classes. Like, why don't you try I like classes? classes. See, I, I get in there. And, and that's why I started the step classes, because I know people like the, the dance. So I knew incorporating the steps in the dance, that, that makes it fun. They don't feel like you really exercise. Mm-hmm. Have you seen I his classes on Facebook? Dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a lot classes. of people in his classes. Yeah. He doing right up here at, at the um, nutrition place. It is nutrition place. The one next on Lottie. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, 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 no. On twenty third. Tw- less Lottie. It's Lottie. Twenty third. Yeah, I'm like twenty third Lottie, right, right yeah. there next to yeah. But yeah. the east side is yeah. Lottie. It's Lottie. But no, I don't like classes. So people have been like try classes. I have been in classes and I'm constantly looking at the. Try- I find the clock in the class, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. I'm looking for the clock. And if they say it's an hour, I feel like that's the longest hour of my life. I'm like I'm ready to go. I go. I work out better when I'm by myself. I don't particularly like a workout partner because I feel like it slows me down. Mm-hmm. So I know that saying, like I said, I, but I, there are people. So but there are people <laughs> out here that hate it, like, and I understand that concept. Like I, and I like don't, working out by myself too because I could do what I want to do. Right. Versus when you have, a, I mean, I know partners help hold you accountable, mm-hmm. but when you have a partner, when they're ready to get off, you tend to kind of get off the machine. So it's better to kind of work out with somebody that actually go a little harder than you mm-hmm. because I've worked out with some people you. that are like, be like, oh, you want 30 minutes? Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going 30 minutes on this machine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think that's um, important. I do have a question though, like the people that you're teaching, how, like, are they pretty consistent? Like as far as coming back or do like a lot of people fall off and uh, like, are you able to really get through people? So, uh, I'm definitely able to get through people. I've had maybe 16 people now that has lost over 100 pounds. Oh, I've nice. Probably wow. more than 30 people lost over 50 pounds. And uh, for me personally, it's because I'm passionate about it and it's never been about, it's always about the individuals for me. So, 
when I when I'm training somebody or I'm dealing with somebody, I'm just giving advice to somebody. I always put my all into it, and they can they can read that straight off the back. But they also understand that I, I'm doing this because I want you to be better. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I want you to be better. And most people, when they genuinely feel like somebody cares about them, because a lot of people come in that door, a lot of people don't care about them. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you know, they, they don't get nobody to really uplift them on a day-to-day basis. And I say it all the time. Most of the time in our communities, the only time we get that uplifting or that motivation is Sunday at church. Yeah. Outside of that, True. you just going through life. Yeah. You go to work, mm-hmm. come home. Go to work, come home. You right. might have some friends. Y'all talk about whatever y'all talk about. But other than just really motivating you to be better in life, and I try to teach people that it ain't just about coming in here, drinking a shake, going to a workout. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's about uplifting you as a person. Like, what is your greatest you look like? If, if nice. you if you had to go five years from now and dictate where you want your life to be at, what would it look like? Right. Because I think once we become adults, once we have kids, we kind of settle when it comes to our goals. We ain't really as driven as we probably was before that. So I try to reiterate, like I got a lady right now, 61 years old. She's been working with me for a year. She came to me. She said, Melvin, she said, I'm 61 years old. I ain't got to do none of this. She said, but you lit a fire in me that made me want to be driven to do something that I wanted to do 30 years ago. But I got caught up in a rat circle. I'm just dealing with everyday life. i raising my grandkids now. I thought that was my what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm a grandparent and I kind of put me on the back burner again. She said, but listening to you motivate these people to go out and be their best, even at 61, I know I've got a lot of life to live. That's true. You know what right. I'm saying? That is and so true. we get caught up in everyday life to feeling like this is my work. This is all I'm worth. This is all I'm going to do in life. And I'm done. And especially for black men, because we feel like as the provider, I just supposed to provide for my family and I'm supposed to do nothing else. And that's why I pride myself on being a good father, letting them know that, yeah, we can do more than just buy Jordans and Pampers. Like, we can actually be there for our kids, show our kids love, affection, all that. And when we relate that to us, then our black women looking at us in a whole different light. And we need that in our communities. And I and I don't like, because I've had critics come to me and say, well, you're always talking about the black community, black community. This is all I know. Exactly. Right. And, and, I, and I want us to be great. Right. And I think that people shame you for being, um, for wanting the black community to be great. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything wrong with wanting because we have to start with ourselves first to be able to reach out into the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's new a lot of times. It's, it's pretty new for a lot of us to even be in this space of feeling like the black community can do this or yeah. the black community can be this. Yeah. Or for a lot of us enough to, to be above the line far enough. Because yeah. that's the thing. Um, it's not like black people have never talked about black people emp- empowering each other. Right. But enough of us have gotten above the line enough mm-hmm. now that we can start saying, you know what, we all deserve better. We right. can get better. Our community can be better. This is what a good community can look like. Right. And, and the so, fact that he put the fitness in the community, because I we know. don't have that over here. We don't. We don't have it. He, I want to say you're the first from what I know of, as far as like teaching classes and a nutrition shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just opened up the gym down the street, mm-hmm. but I mean, still, you're the first to actually come into the community 
teach about health. Let's be healthy. And and health is more of we need to be here for our kids. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have heart attacks and fit at fifty and die. Like we need to be here, and it's important. It's good that you're teaching that. And it's mental health, like. And we we yeah, got that's bad. Important. I mean, we we Real we bad. it's bad in our community. Mental health is serious. And and, he- and fitness and working out can help with your mental health. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, that's why they got a chicken joining a, a liquor store on every corner. Because if they know they can weigh us down, they can take this away from us. And that's what that's when we go to other avenues of let me cope with life. Let me go drink. Let me go smoke. Let me go do this uh, crack. Whatever it might be to make our mind go in another way because we're dealing with the bills. We're dealing with I don't make enough money to take care of this. You know, I'm dealing with the struggle of I got to go work at a place that I don't want to work at every day. How do I get out of that? I can remember even for me growing up in uh, Oak Cliff, I never saw anything outside of my neighborhood. And of course, this was before GPS and, you know, social media and all this stuff. So if you left outside of Oak Cliff, you had to go get map quests and, you know, you had to really know where you was going. And for my community, it wasn't a big thing. When I moved to Oklahoma, this is the first time I really saw like somebody living that looked like me living in a $200,000 house. I didn't think that was possible for us, other than athletes and entertainers. Oh, wow. So when I saw that, I'm like, wow, like we can really have something. And then, of course, being around a circle of people that look like you, talk like you, and walk like you, it's very motivational. You know what I'm saying? And for us, a lot of us put it on. We don't really speak on it because we don't have the confidence to speak on it. And it takes a lot to get you at a level to where your confidence is where I can speak on anything. Like I tell people all the time. The Melvin that I was, even when I was at Douglas, I was quiet. I was shy, standoffish. I didn't talk to nobody because <laughs> I was insecure. I didn't know who I was. So I just, I didn't want to bother nobody. I didn't want to be with nobody. I didn't want to talk to nobody. So I just stayed to myself. A lot of people were like, oh, you thought you was all that. No, I didn't. I didn't think I was nothing. That, that was the problem. I didn't think I was anything. So as I grew and started developing who I was, then it was like, okay. I'm comfortable now. Like you got to really bring it to me to make me feel uncomfortable because I'm feel comfortable in any environment. You can be rich, you can be poor. I have a belief of I treat everybody the same. I don't care who you are, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. I'm gonna treat you just like I treat anybody. So once I adapted that uh, mentality, it started giving me that confidence to know I can be great. I can go wherever. So I feel like. If enough of us get that 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 mindset, then sky's the limit for us. Right, and it's important um, because I've like was talking to my sister this week, and she had a friend who was struggling with the idea that you know our kids need to see our images. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think no, nah, they don't have to, they don't have to, but people don't understand how important it is to see. You know, when you are in a space where you work with, I mean, I've worked in places where you just work with all white people mm-hmm. and then you see a black person and they're in a, and, and they in a higher up position or they're a director for something. It makes you feel like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. You know, that's obtainable. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, they can. So if they can do that, then I can do it too. Yeah. That's true. They have to yeah, see yeah, it. Right. right. You yeah. have to see your image. You have to see people that look like you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it isn't necessarily just because... Um, this whole, you know, people are getting so offended. Black people talk about black people too much. But it's the idea of the fact that if it's never been done, then how do I believe that I'm the first person that can do it? Because I have to be like superhuman. Yeah. I mean, or I have to be extra confident yeah. 
to walk into a space and be like, okay, it's never been done. Yeah. So I'm gonna be the first person to do it. Not a lot of us grew up in homes where we're taught that. Right. Or where we feel like we can be that person. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it does take just to be able to see someone else has done it to know, oh, okay, I can do that because it's obtainable. So was it somebody that motivated you or you just saw? Uh, I adopted a, a mentor when I first moved to Oklahoma. And uh, just... At first, I didn't even know what a mentor was. I uh, I was just watching this guy, and I saw the way he moved. I saw the way he respected people, and I saw the respect people gave him. And it was like, man, like I I want to be like that. Like, and he he ain't he ain't no big shot. He ain't no multimillionaire. He ain't no entertainer. He's just a regular dude, entrepreneur, that's catering to his community. And people show him a lot of love. And I always looked at that, but I was always the one to be quick to ask somebody questions. Like, man, how you do that? How you how you get that? How you get there? How you get there? I was always, no matter how it made me look. Uh, and I think a lot of that stems from uh, being a black sheep. I was always the black sheep in my community growing up. Uh, my cousins, they, you know was out hustling, they did things of that nature, and I was always the one standoffish, never really doing nothing. So, and I tell this story now, I can remember at one point, I was embarrassed to even tell this story. I used to hate being around college people. People that went to college, graduated, got the degrees, I hate being around them because I didn't. I dropped out of Douglas. When I dropped out of Douglas, I didn't go back to school. So I dropped out of school completely. And uh, I was challenged at 21 to get my GED. And in my mind, I had a what was considered a decent job. I was working, making decent money. So I'm like, yeah, I could go get a GED, but what is it going to do for me? You know what I'm saying? Not knowing that it really helped my confidence. So uh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I went down to uh, downtown off of class, and, and uh, I enrolled in the GED class. And I took the test, and a little old white woman called me in probably a week after I took the test, and she sat me down. I'm 21 years old. She said, Mr. Johnson, she said, you didn't pass. She said, you got one or two options. Either you can find a way to get better or you continue through life and see what it gives you. She said, when it came to your reading, you was on the sixth grade level. When it came to your math, you was on the seventh grade level. She said, you're 21 years old, black male. I'm going to be honest. You ain't got too many options out there with this type of education. This is what this woman told me. So from there, I walked out that door. But she she gave you what you needed. Oh, she definitely gave me what I need because that light a fire on my ass. So at that time, they was just building the library downtown. I went downtown, got a library card. I ain't tell nobody this. I was I would get off of work at like five six in the evening, and I'll go straight to the library. I got hooked on phonics at 21. Y'all know hooked on phonics back then. That was for the kids. Where you show kids how to read and educate themselves and all that. So I would go to the library for four months straight every day for an hour. And I would teach myself how to get better, how to get better, how to get better. So I went back probably five months later, took the test. Same woman called me in the office. She said, I remember you. She said, you passed. She said, barely, but you passed. She said, so that says a lot. She said, so now what are you going to do in your life to get better? Because whatever you did to get to this point, that shows you that you, you got the work ethic. You just need to put it into action in all areas of your life. And I never had nobody talk to me like that. So from that point on, I knew 
I was destined to be great at something. I just didn't know what it was, but I would always ask about it. I always ask about, like, I'm praying, like, what, what is my calling? Like, I need to know what my calling. And of course, it came later in life when I turned, like, 30. That's when I realized, okay, this is my calling. But I knew I had the ability to go out there and push myself to the limits. And I think a lot of us, we make excuses for not pushing ourselves to those limits. I think what the, the most valuable thing that I learned in college, and it's crazy you say that because mm-hmm. people say, well, black people, black people, black people, well, a white man taught me the most valuable thing I ever learned in college. Mm-hmm. And that's just sitting in the classroom, listening to people who say things. And I think sometimes we're intimidated by those spaces mm-hmm. because we've never been in them. But until they tell you, like, straight to -to face-to-face things, like, um, one of the classes I had, um, white man, and he was talking about credit, and I had never, ever heard anybody talk about credit. Like, in the black community, they don't talk about credit. Taboo. They don't, you know, they don't tell you how credit works. They Mm -hmm. don't tell you how to work credit. They don't tell you, they just, you know it exists, and, but they don't tell you how to work it. Right. And so he was the first person to ever say, you know what, <clears throat> never buy nothing you can't buy. Don't ever buy nothing you can't afford. Mm-hmm. And also make sure that you never put anything on a credit card that you couldn't afford to pay for. Yeah. And I had never heard that. Blew my mind. I was just like, wait, why they don't teach us this kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, why is it? I didn't already. Hold on, look. At this point, I didn't already bought them down a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> Paid it off, yeah. but I didn't buy them down a credit card at this point. Yeah. And nobody had and ever told me that. how people learn in the black yeah. community. Right. Because yeah. they, they max them out. Max them out. Trial, trial, trial and error. Right. Right. And he was like, oh, you only put, if you ever have to have a credit card, you only put 20% of any purchase on a credit card. This, that, and the other. And this entire time, I'm soaking this up like, I ain't never heard this before i mean he just went on you know it was a real estate class but it wasn't like that wasn't part of the chapter he just went on to something different and that was part of his lesson the other thing i learned was a chemistry teacher who sat me down and was like uh you have the ability to be really good at this once you once you push yourself Mm -hmm. she said every test that you ever passed with flying colors i could tell it's because you sat down and studied yeah. every bit of that material. Yeah. She said, but any test that you didn't pass, it's because she says you either didn't have time to study or you just didn't study. She said, I could tell. Yeah. She says, you have the material, you can do it. But I think that sometimes what happens is we get afraid to be in those spaces mm. with people who are uncomfortable because they don't look like us and they're not. I mean, and so I don't think it's always 100%. That's why, you know, I think it's good for us to push our community up because we also need to understand that there is other cultures out here that can teach us a lot. They got the game. We got to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. That that we can learn and bring back to our communities and talk about out loud and talk about things that Everybody isn't talking about credit. Yeah, I learned and, a lot of credit from Dave Ramsey. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? You got to learn. You know? Right. You got to learn. I got the book. Yeah, you got to learn. Right. Yeah, so, I, I don't, learn. it's just stuff that we don't get. But it's about pushing yourself to be willing to go out there and learn it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can remember growing up, they always say, you want to hide something from Blackbirds? Put it in the book. And I'm like, man, that's so true. Because I wasn't a reader. I shoot. You talking about picking up a book? I don't even think I picked up a book in high school. I was like, man, please. I just learned about word of mouth, and as I got, and that's why I'm so thankful for Herbalife because Herbalife really pushed me to a standards of trusting and believing in myself that I knew I had in me. I just didn't know how where it was gonna come from, and uh, they would always challenge us to read this book, read that book, read this book, read that book. 
And uh, when I made it a priority, then that's when I started being able to educate myself more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So I think once we get to a level to where we're comfortable with understanding that it's okay to educate yourself no matter what level you own, then you'll be more free to go out there and achieve whatever you want to achieve. Well, it's inspirational to even hear you say, look, I knew I didn't have it. When she told me I didn't have it, I took the necessary steps to go and make myself better. Because a lot of times, the other, the issue is a lot of us are reading under yeah. Uh, under our grade level, yeah. right. and ashamed to and say ashamed. it out loud, and, and, and that could have went one of two ways. You could have took yeah. that and just been like, you know, yeah. this is just me. Right. Who I am. She's yeah. right. You know, I got I got a decent job, paying decent yeah. money. I'll just yeah. stay right here. Yeah. Or, but the Virgo in you was like, no. I mean, but still, just period. The fact that you was just like, look, I'm gonna go to this library. I'm gonna go get me a library card. I'm going to go to this library every day until I feel comfortable enough to go back and do this. You know, so I think a lot of times that's something that a lot of us don't have in us. A lot of us hear that first no and then stop at that first no. Yeah, it's it's crazy you say that first no. So coming into this business, uh, it was very discouraging to want to walk up to people and be like, hey, let me tell you about my business. I sell these shakes. And they were like, get out of my face. (laughs) You're like, oh my goodness. To the point it will crush you. You'd be like, man, I'm trying to help you out. And you just going to tell me no like that? So being able to stand strong in a no is powerful. Because a lot of us can't deal with no's. And a lot of us stay content in our level of wherever we at. Because we we don't want to hear a no. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I don't want to get a promotion at my job because they're going to tell me no. Yeah. And, and even if I say, okay, well, and this is the crazy thing that I can't wrap my mind around in our communities. We would go, I, I grew up Baptist. My dad's a preacher. Uh, and we would have so much faith, unlimited amount of faith that we talk about, but only if we can see it. Because anything out of that, outside of that, I meet so many people and I'll be like, I, they be like, I hate my job. I hate doing this. I'm like, why don't you try to do something better with your life? Like, why don't you elevate your, your skill level? Go go get an education and if that's what you need. Go put yourself in this position. Man, I, I don't know if that's going to work. Where's all this faith that we're supposed to have? Like, we run a church and everybody faithful. Everybody, the God is going to bless us and God is going to put us on this whole different pedestal. But we don't, we don't believe that. We really don't believe that when it's time to really put in that work. Because he still require work from us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we don't, and you know, it, it is. We do get discouraged. Because unless it's just something that just show up, because everybody believe in that check that's just going to magically show up in a in a, um, <laughs> in a mailbox mm-hmm. that's just going to magically pay, pay off everybody's, all your debt mm-hmm. and you put you in a nice house yeah. and, yeah. you know, you just magically assume that that's going to happen at yeah. some point because God got the God power to do that, do you it. know? Yeah. So that's what we're waiting on. Yeah. You know, so until we get that, everything else is null and void. Yeah. Why am I going to work for anything more? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. One dude told me a long time ago, he said, uh, he said, man, you know when my life changed? He said, when I started putting 110% in everything I did. He said, I used to hate my job. But no matter how much I hate it, I still go in. I bust my butt every single day. And he said, it got to the point to where the people that was over me started realizing, man, this dude really works hard. And he said, what's crazy is I was out doing a job somewhere else. Somebody from a bigger company recognized how hard I worked. 
And he said that same week, my manager offered me a position to move to a different position in the company, and I told him no. And that dude from the other company saw me and hired me as the manager in his position. He said they never recognized me until I walked out the door. But by the time I walked out the door, I realized me putting in that hard work every day Building up my confidence to know that I can be a hard worker on any level. And it'll eventually pay off. We want instant gratification. Yes. Right. We want instant gratification. Give it to me yesterday. Yeah, we need it now. I need some instant gratification. No, not now. It should have been there yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And last week. Well, I mean, what's taking it so long? I can't believe it's... uh, And that's with everything in life, though. Yes. I hate reading on Facebook how people hate their jobs, though. Well, I hate when they say, pray for me. I got an interview that I get this job. (laughs) And then a few months later, you complain that I hate this job. Like, don't ask me to... I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just get comfortable. Because I understand no, I, that. No, I because, get it, but I'm you know, just saying. No matter how hard you push, that's me. I hate my job, and I'm going to go, shit, 20 years almost in. I'm going to go get my 110%. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? And I understand the fact that if you hate your job, go get some. No. You know, at this point in life, I'm 40. I've been there 20 years. Then I'm looking, mm, about eight years, I can retire, and I just go work somewhere I like. You know what I'm saying? So... Let me pay my house off. and So, I mean, I understand that you probably should push more. But as long as I get my 110% while I'm there and it don't bother me, once I walk out of them doors, it stops. But I can't say that honestly like, oh, my God, I love my job. As long no. as you're giving it your all, though. What do you love? What, do, what comes easy for you that you don't have to put no effort in and you know you're good at it? My job comes easy for me. Uh-huh. I just don't like the environment, the environment. of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, if I was in another position, I love you know I love my company. Mm-hmm. You know, by all means, you know it comes easy to me. I mean, I've been doing it. I can you know in my sleep, I can do that job. It's not that it comes hard. Like oh my god, I can't do this. That's What's your not attitude what it at work? Is. Get it done. I'm talking about amongst others. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I really don't. When I get to work, I'm the type of person that's I'm just gonna do my job. You know, I'm focused here. I'm not finna you know. I don't chatter, you know, and that's probably the thing. I don't go talk to the big bosses people may do, and uh-huh. that's not me. I'm just going to get there, sit at my desk, do what I got to do, go my break by myself, come back to my desk, do what I got to do, and I'm going to go home. Do you tell yourself every day, oh, I hate this job, but I know I'm going to do it eight more years? I don't tell, not every day. No, I don't even get to the fact where I say I hate my job walking in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to say that. It's uh, already a given. to my job I was extremely grateful for my job but the politics in my job has made me decide that I just am not like I I can't do this and it's mainly because you know um, I see us in a system that's stuck Mm. and I can't do a lot from this side Mm -hmm. you know with the policy and the politics and when I speak up and say something then it's you know oh my gosh you gotta play the game you gotta tap dance for massive but 
I'm like Mika. I, I mean, I'm almost, I've been there six years. At seven years, I'm vested, so I can take my entire um, retirement with me mm-hmm. while, while, I'm, while I'm gonna leave. Mm-hmm. And in three more years, I get all my student loan debt forgiven. Why am I leaving? Yeah. Like, so I think it's not even, you know, if you think about the grand picture of it, and yeah, let me get to 10 years, and then I'm like, Mika, I can bounce it up out of here. But are you asking what do you love to do as in like your passion? Yeah. Like effortlessly, you know, like they um, say, like your passion, oh, this like is your effort. passion. This is effortless. It's like um, you want to help people, or yeah. you know, like the homes, and you want to do different stuff. So yeah. I think that's what he means. Like no, then that's definitely like you know, I've always wanted to do some nonprofit work. You know, y'all, I didn't talk about you know, basically kids that grew up in drug abuse homes, mm-hmm. and you know, doing something like that. You know, because I know how that feels. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and. I just feel like, you know, I could help people out, you know, in that space because, you know, it's hard as hell, you know, so it's just, you know, I just got to get through what I can get through at this point because I didn't invest it so much time right. and, you know, I'm blessed to have the job. I mean, believe me, it has paved the way, you know what I'm saying? For me and them kids for definitely for sure. But, you know, eventually I will get to a point, hopefully where I can just walk into something and be like, I love this job, you know? <laughs> so if you're, you're you you say your passion is you want to build this nonprofit organization. Yes. What does that look like? Like, what do you have to do to get to that nonprofit? And I haven't even researched it. That's, that's what I. That's exactly. why I bring I it up because if we work on ourselves more than we work on that job, just imagine what we can exactly. create. Because even if you just take one hour out of your day, because I'm pretty sure at your job you're so comfortable now, you pretty much got it down to a T to where. You got some time where you ain't doing nothing. No, you that's not, that ain't the case. It ain't the case. You working mm-hmm. all day, every day? All day long. Oh, bless But that's heart. okay, though. Uh, you know. <laughs> so just imagine if you took an hour every week and said, I'm going to start doing research on this now. Exactly. Project. And that's true, though. That is what, true. What, what could happen in a year? It ain't, but just like you, you know? said at the beginning of the whole thing, like women and especially single mothers put everything in front mm-hmm. because if my kids don't run my whole schedule mm-hmm. every day, all day long, yeah. it's around my yeah. kids. They don't think I should have a life. Yeah. I don't do nothing outside of them. I mean, yeah. it just is what it is. I go to work eight to 10 hours after that is deal with Jaden and Jamie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't put forth the effort to do more for myself that I should. Yeah. And, so I, and I, think I that's, always put my life on the back burner. And I think that's where we're all guilty is that we put so much time into our jobs and not enough exactly. into like our mm-hmm. goals and our dreams. Mm-hmm. We really, like I work hard for my job and I'm like, but if I put that same energy into like, exactly. say, cause I want rental houses. If I put that same energy mm-hmm. into stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would have it instead of year after year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it after this. I'm going to do it. I mean, and I've done like, I'm building somebody's dream. Exactly. Right. I mean, but I've gotten to the point where I have the nonprofit. I have the 501c3. I have the um, exempt, the exemption. I have all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me right now, it would be more of funding. Okay. Um, you know, getting in this space where I could fund what I want. My issue is I probably got to come down and be realistic. Because <laughs> what I want is big. I mean, so but you got to dream big. Right. But you got to speak into an existence. Right. So that's my thing. My thing is what I want is big. Yeah. And so, um, I like I said, I've done all of the research on it. I know what it is that I need to do to get to where I need to be on it. It's just a matter of the funding for me now. Okay, so, 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 so if that's the case, like I said, speaking into an existence, everybody that comes around you in, in your circle outside of work should know, okay, 
She gonna come over here talking about that nonprofit thing again. That's her vision. <laughs> that's her dream. You're and right. you never know that's who true. you can run into. You're right. You know what I'm true. saying? That like I've true. ran into amazing people along this journey who I never thought I'd cross paths, even with this. Like, this is another platform level that elevates me to a whole different level. So that's just me speaking into an existence. You know what I'm saying? Right. And putting myself out there to let people know this is my dream. Yeah, it's big. But God is big. He is. You know what I'm saying? You can get there. Right. And, and, and if he keep putting this in my mental, this is what you want. This is what you want. Because everything pops in your, your mind did not think about this whole dream and goal that you had 15 years ago. It actually it did. So you should have been working on it 15 years well, ago. Well, no. The <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I should have. But what ended up happening is my life circled back around to it. Mm. And so um, I started off with this thought process. Um, so for those who've never heard it, my dream or my goal is to have um, homes for teen moms. Okay. Um, who are either in the system or just don't have family support so that they're able to, you know, live their bigger dream. Okay. And so, um, you know, you can come come live in my, you know, whatever our facility is. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have daycare assistance. We'll be able to, we'll help you with school. We'll give you the knowledge of grants and financial aid and things like that that I just didn't get as a single mom trying to go through college. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of it, like, um, it was a point in which I was working for jobs. And I tell people that all the time, like, I don't know how I was doing you it. You Jamaican? No, I'm not. Oh, but okay. <laughs> I feel like I was at the time. But that's what I had to do in order for us to make it. Because, right. like, I don't know, I always used to say, like, God just clearly don't want me on assistance because it just never pan through. Mm-hmm. Never pan through. Mm-hmm. So I always had to have, like, umpteenth jobs to make sure the bills was paid, things were taken care of, that my daughter had what she needed, things like that. And it was a point in my life where I literally would go to work. I would get, we would get up in the morning. I would get her up, get her dressed. I would take her to daycare, go to work. I would be at work all day, go to school all night, get off in enough time to put her, kiss her, put her to bed, and we would start it all over again. Mm-hmm. And that was our life for like a year until I finally was just like, I can't keep, like, how am I supposed to raise her like this? Like, somebody else is raising my baby. She's either at daycare or she's with my mom and my sister. Like, I'm barely getting to see my baby. And so what I ended up doing was I just stepped stepped back and took out student loans because I refused to take out student loans. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking out student loans. I don't want that kind of debt. I just, you know, I fought for that for so long. And then I finally just said, okay, I'm just going to have to step back and live on student loans. But I felt like there should have been more resources. Like, why is there not anything outside of Section 8 and food stamps? Like, why is that my only option? And if I can't qualify for that, then why is there nothing else out here? Like, I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to live on the system or I'm trying not to do anything for myself. I'm out here trying to get my bachelor's degree. I'm working really hard trying to get there. Why is this step so hard? So, um, back then I thought that process, like, well, what if there was a house or a home for, you know, mothers who were trying, who are single parents, who don't get housing or whatever, who really just need that help, mm-hmm. that extra hand. Because, you know, my family would babysit, but wasn't nobody taking care of no bills. You know, my family like, no, nah, you had that baby, yeah. you're going to pay for that. You know, you do that part. But I just felt like it should have been a e like maybe there should have been some space where it just wasn't, I mean, not necessarily that wasn't hard, but it wasn't like so difficult. Because for me, I just felt like it was just so difficult. And then um, I go to school, I finish, finally finished school, and I come out and I get into 
the department where I'm at currently, and there's so many teen moms. We don't have a system where if they come into care, where they can come into care and be able to care for the kids that they have. So, like, if you're in a situation where you're, um, you know, you you have kids or you have a child and you come into care because you're home or you're young and your home is not, your parents aren't taking care of you, they aren't taking care of the kid. Unless you get a foster home that takes you and your baby, right. there's not a there's nowhere for us to be able to say here is a mom who has no support system because clearly she doesn't have a support system. She's in care with us, who has the ability to be able to care for herself and find and have a system that can help her care and learn what she needs to learn for her kids. And so that's why I circle back around to it and was like. Look at God talking, still talk, whispering in my ear. You remember that one vision I gave you? Mm-hmm. So that's where, like, I circle back around to it. And I, we do have the nonprofit. You know, I renew it every year. I, we just got it last year, so let me not make it sound like I didn't had it for ten years and sat on top of it. Uh-huh. Um, but I just haven't, like, when we got. So what we did was we applied for a grant last year and got that no. <laughs> got that no. And was and didn't stop, but both of us kind of got really busy after that because it took a lot of work to apply for that grant. Mm-hmm. So um, we put in all this work to apply for the grant. Put if in it all was this easy, work. Would you appreciate it? No, nah, I wouldn't. And it's, I don't. Exactly. Not, I don't need it to be easy. Yeah. It just was so time consuming. And, mm-hmm. and then the, my partner at the time ended up getting a promotion mm-hmm. and getting a job, and it just kind of took her away. So then it would have just left me to have to do it all by myself. And it's just then we started the podcast, and just other things have just kind of worked. I have never forgotten it, so I still pray about it. Mm-hmm. I do. It's still one of those things that I'm like, God, when you give me, you know, this resource. Yeah. And I get this money so I can fund my nonprofit because this is like, you know, I always think about that when it comes to the podcast. When we do things and we get big or like even when we were in Miami and we were talking to them about like they have like what's called like a like a shark, shark tank. tank. Yeah. Like I've thought about that and I've gone and re-looked at that stuff like, oh, I could do the shark tank because yeah. maybe I could get an investor for the nonprofit through that process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of just sitting down to do it because like you said, that hour a week. So if I could take that, if I found some time in that hour <laughs> and just stopped and kind of invested in it more. And you have a why. Right. You have a why. Your why is I can remember going through that hard time with my baby to where I wasn't there for her. And I don't want no woman to feel like that. Right. So this is my why. This is what's going to push me to dedicate that one hour a day to making this a reality. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we can speak on the retirement and all that from your job. But what if God put that in your place to say in a year from now, because you bust your butt every day and I know you want this. I see you working for this. I'm going to make this your reality. And guess what? Financially, you ain't going to have to worry about nothing because I'm going to put people around you and a circle around you to where you're going to be able to live how you want to live. That That's that's when I think about faith and, and the belief of God and, and how powerful we really want things to, to pan out. That's what I think about. Like, exactly. So when you say I dream big, like if I told you some of my dreams, you'd be like, "Woo, good Lord. I probably wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I probably like, wouldn't because I dream real big. I mean, and I know I, I step out, I'll be going for the good stuff. Yeah. Give me, I, I mean, and I've always been that person. I've yeah. always dreamed really big. Like even when it comes to the podcast, I know they'd be like a prude. But, th- th- <laughs> like, but just imagine, like 
whether you believe it or not, he's putting things in order for you to reach those goals, even with Definitely. the podcast. That's right. You don't know who this might reach. Right. Yes. And the thing is, it reaches a lot of different people. So that's the that other part that we wouldn't expect to reach yeah. it, yeah. Like, to reach. So that is crazy that you say that because yeah. it is that space where like sometimes I'm like, I don't even know like how we got this person yeah. or like. Hold on, I'm just sitting. Somebody asked, so um, I was sitting with one of my cousins this week, and uh, we started talking about like he asked me how we walked into the podcast. So um, I'm telling him about the podcast, and he says, I said, so we're recording on Sunday, and he says, who are y'all? So I said, we have a guest, and he's like, who's your guest? And so I said, oh, it's Melvin. He has a nutrition bar. He was like, oh yeah, I know Melvin, and I was like, yeah. He was like, so how did you? I said, literally taking my son. (laughs) <laughs> to get her haircut. <laughs> like, yeah, I literally yeah. was just standing in the barbershop getting yeah. my son haircut and then we started talking and then I was like, oh, well, come on. Sure. Yeah. You know, we'll bring you on, you know? Right. And that's just kind of how it works. So I do know that there are avenues. I think sometimes what happens for me is I get so... I get caught up in life. She over there eating. Did you go eat? Yeah, she did. I just ate a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow. yeah, first of all, y'all need to know something. Because she does this, at, like, every <laughs> <laughs> They They know. And then she'll be looking at us and be talking about we talk about it. She sneaked in her. You should see how she sneaked in her. <laughs> she been gone forever. Hold on, she Melba, hold on. Been. Yesterday, it was a jug, a whole gallon of water. Uh-huh. Like, where did you... Where did you just leave and come back with a, ga- a gallon of it water from? It was in my from? room. I like water. That's good. So she does that. So she does these like random things. And then look at us like when we like, well, where did you, where did this come from? (laughs) And then she gets mad. They just attack me. No, we just do really weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You came back sucking your teeth and you looking at us like, Complain, look, talking about me, I'll make a cookie. I, I don't want no hamburger. I don't want no fries. Look at y'all. First of all, she can't. No, wherever we go, it don't matter. She no, don't do that. Wherever <laughs> we go, she don't. Eat she don't. Eat she don't eat I don't nothing. Eat hamburgers and fries. So and like, strips. we gotta. We walking. We trying to figure out. We they usually try to, to five us. guys. There go five guys. There go, <laughs> I don't eat hamburger and fries. I don't want we, that. We only had two options. We had five. We had five guys. I don't, I don't eat. She didn't eat that either. I don't eat sandwiches like the bread. Well, they had stuff. salads. I do eat salad. I just didn't, you know. I made it work. You sound like you need to be drinking Herbalife shakes then. There well, I will. He <laughs> makes some really good shakes. I actually came up there one morning, but you weren't there. That's probably a problem. So tell us about about it. Like, so if somebody wants to find you since we, we, we at the end, we yeah. probably start yeah. wrapping up a little bit. So, so. uh, 
I am on the east side of Oklahoma City. Uh, we're located uh, 1309 Northeast 23rd between Lottie and Prospect on 23rd. So if y'all know where that Church's Chicken is, I hate to give that as a landmark. <laughs> but, uh, so go to Church's Chicken and get your shake out. Uh, past Church's Chicken. <laughs> and uh, we sit in a blue building off the road uh, toward the back. Uh, like I said, 1309 Northeast 23rd. Uh, I, I personally take phone calls from people because my number is on the Google website and everything. So people call me all the time. Uh, so what are some of your services? <clears throat> so we offer, of course, the, the shake and the tea. The shake is going to keep you full anywhere from two and a half, three hours. So we get a lot of clients that don't eat breakfast. I feel like breakfast is very important. So it's a your day. It, 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 that's probably why you're praying every time you go in the bed. Stomach hurting. But the shake's going to keep you full anywhere from two and a half, three hours. And it's delicious, guys. I'm telling you, like, you wouldn't think healthy tastes this good. And uh, so that's a meal replacement. And then, of course, after that, we give what's called an energized tea. And the tea is going to boost your metabolism. Uh, it's going to burn some calories, anywhere from 90 to 100 calories per serving. It's burning. So it's like you're getting a workout without having to work out. Uh, but it makes you feel amazing. Uh, other than drinking, you know, energy drinks or coffee, that's normally people's pick-me-up. Right. And that's not a safe pick-me-up that's going to uh, eventually hurt you, especially when you talk about the energy drinks because it's sort of affecting your heart. But uh, the the shakes and the tea, that's what we offer in-house. And then, of course, I do workouts. I do the workouts on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, and that's normally CP time. I'm going to be honest with y'all because I got some colorful people that don't know how to show up at 6.30. But we have a good time. We have a good time. My, my whole thought process is uh, I know for some people making that dedicated time to come work out can be stressful within itself so if you need to bring your kids uh, we'll put them over there on the couch y'all get their iPad or whatever they need to do and send them over there you ain't got no excuse not to bring my own car I've had people in there with newborn kids bring the stroller send them over there we're going to make this work for you we're going to make this work for you and uh, I feel like me myself and my personality I'm a great host and I make it as comfortable as possible. I treat nobody like a stranger. When you come through that door, the personality that you're going to get is me, 100%. Uh, and I, I, I like that because I feel like we got so much negativity in the world already. So I want people to feel like they can come somewhere and they know it's going to be positive. So I'm going to feel some kind of way because we're not going to get you for too long. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when they come through that door, uh, starting at the so end, of... I, I duplicate who I am. Okay, I duplicate okay. who I am. You're not going to be working in my facility if you don't say have the same type of energy. Okay, now, everybody is a work in progress. Right. So we understand, you know, uh, the images that I want to portray when people coming in there, especially in our culture, is we can talk to one another. We can be friendly with one another. Especially y'all women, because y'all can be catty at times. And y'all y'all look sideways at another woman. But I want every... Like, I tell you, when them women come in there, they don't know half of the women that's in there. And by the time week one passed, they all friends. They all talking to one another. They all got something in common. Whether it's we raising our kids and we dealing with this struggle or that struggle. And that's what I like. I like when they eliminate me after the picture and they can convert amongst each other. And it's like... 
okay, Melvin brought us together, and now this is one of my homegirls. Like, I like that about us. So Nice. You know, to be able to have that platform, and I'm, I'm, when I say y'all, I'm so grateful to be who I am and comfortable with who I am and understanding that God's purpose for me is to be a giver. Like, that's... So, no. when did you... How did you find your purpose? I meant to ask you that. Like, how did you know this was your purpose? Uh, I was in the oil field for 10 years prior to Herbalife. And uh, I was making great money, like, real good money. And... But I always wanted to be a father. Uh, and I uh, that was, like, one of my passions. I love kids. And I knew, you know, I knew my circumstances coming up. And what I wanted to provide for my kids. So uh, when I was in the oil field, I had no time freedom. Like I literally would work 14 to 16 hours a day, eight days a week. And it ain't even eight days in a week. And I would be out for two and a half, maybe three, and come back out and do the same thing. And like I said, I was making great money, but I was like, it's got to be something better than this. Like, I, I'm, I don't like being here every day. So when I had my kids, that was that switch that turned it over. And the crazy thing about it was I wasn't going to even quit the oil field. God pushed me out the oil field. He, got, he laid me off, and I could have easily went into another job, another uh, doing the same thing because that's what oil people do. They go from one company to the next. Whenever they lay off, they go to the next. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can remember the day where they called us. It was 80 guys in, in this room, grown men in this room, and they telling us that we ain't got no job no more. And I'm talking about dudes in there crying because they knew, like, this is my in all to be all to for most of them. And I'm not in there just smiling. And they looking at me going, what is going on with this dude? But I knew, like, I don't even know how I knew it. It was always in me for a long time. But it was like, man, something's better out there for me. And I ain't even apply for another oil field job. I just knew something was better out there for me. So I met some guys. Uh, I always did Herbalife. Never really pursued it in that manner. But, uh... One one person changed my whole outcome of how I was always a giver. I think naturally, Virgos, we are givers. And mm. sometimes we give too much. But I was naturally a giver. Look at that joke. Look at that joke. Hey, she came around brothers. with the candles because she said, girl, you are so thankful. Mm, and yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh-huh. It was so, my favorite one. <laughs> so, uh, I was always a giver, and I was like, man, like, what am I good at? Other than giving people whatever I might give them. In my time, it, I thought it was financial. If I can help somebody out financial, I'm good. So I had the money, so I would always do family members giving money and whatever. And you become a crush to people when you do that in so many aspects. But uh, I helped my cousin uh, down in Dallas. He he was my first real client who I took serious, and he lost over 125 pounds. But what changed him is what made me say, I want to do this forever. Because this dude, you know, we grew up in a household where, uh, you know, communicating our feelings as black men, it, it was almost taboo. You really didn't talk about it. You had to be tough. You had to show this level of toughness about yourself just to survive in our neighborhoods at times. So uh, growing up in that environment, when we became adults, he went off and started driving trucks, and we never really had that communication anymore. And we was close as cousins growing up. So uh, I went to Dallas probably about three or four months after I was doing Herbalife. 
And I had got a semi-result because I was never no big dude, but I, I started feeling better. So I told him, I saw him, and he gained a lot of weight. He was like 325 pounds. And I was like, dude, what is going on with you? And I could tell just by the personal development I had did in that short span of time that he was depressed. And we don't talk about depression in our households. So uh, I went down there, saw him, saw all this weight on him, and I said, hey, man, I don't know if you want to do this or not, but I just started doing this Herbalife stuff. And when I be going to these meetings, these people be talking about they losing all this weight. I ain't really lost a lot of weight. I only lost like 15 pounds, and that's not a lot. Probably to you, but for me, that was cool enough. But uh, I want you to try it. My cousin, was, we hadn't talked in years. My cousin, excuse me. He was calling me every day, wanting to learn about this product. So it's challenged me to want to learn more, because now I got to pass it on to him. So I'm learning as he's learning, and uh, he was helping me, not even knowing he was helping me, but I was helping him. And when, eight months into it, he called me, and I ain't see him. I'm just, I'm just hoping that he's doing the product. Really, he's sending it to him. Yeah, yeah, sending it to him. I'm just sending it to him. I ain't really seeing him. Oh, he ain't sending me no pictures or nothing. He called me. He said, "Man, he's like, man, when I first started this, I remember I couldn't even walk a half a mile." He said, "Dude, I ran five miles yesterday." Oh, wow. I said, oh, "What? Wow. Five miles?" I said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> I said, "You just doing the herbal stuff." <laughs> he was like, "Man, he was like, man, I be feeling good." He was like, uh, "I want to see my pictures," and I was like, "Send me the pictures." When he saw me in the pictures, I ain't even recognize my cousin no more. Wow. Like, he was a... T but his conversation was different. Because he was real standoffish quiet. And he was just talking and wouldn't shut up. And I'm like, this dude is really changing. But what got me was his wife called me and she said... Uh, she said, man, I really want to thank you. She said, because we finna get a divorce. She was like, all he did was go to work, come home, watch Sports Center, drink, eat... And sit in front of the TV and go sleep and do it again. And he thought that was being a husband. He didn't spend time with the kids. We didn't do no date nights. None of that stuff. And she was like, I was getting tired of it. She was like, but you coming into his life has really changed him. Because you've really challenged and pushed him to be a better him. And he ain't never had nobody. You know, my cousin grew up. His daddy wasn't around. My aunt died when we was like 12 years old. So parent-wise, he ain't really had a structure. So uh, she was like, you really challenged him to become a better him. And uh, she's like, I want to thank you for that. And she was crying on the phone and everything. Hey, me in tears. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's awesome. Like, I want to awesome. 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 change people's lives like is. this. That's awesome. And from there, I was just like, okay. But I had to deal with a lot of no's, a lot of people who didn't want their life change. And I always tell people that come into this business, because they're like, uh, I'm tired of people telling me no. You know, you got to love people where they are. Because everybody might not be ready for that change. Right. You know what That's I'm saying? So but I always leave the door of opportunity opening. Because I've had clients who saw me from 2013 when I first started this to now. Will hit me up and be like, man, bro, you still doing that stuff? Man, I really, I've been watching you, man. You stay consistent with it. You've been doing it forever. Like, I, need, I think I need to get on that. Bro, I got you. I, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to yep. see you get better. It ain't about me fattening my pockets or turning this to no multi-million business. God go bless me regardless. He and I already blessed me. Right. So you come on over and let it change your life. And I tell people all the time because everybody, well, you Herbalife, Herbalife, Herbalife. No, I'm health. I'm health and wellness. Like, I want people to do Herbalife because I do Herbalife. But however you get healthy, 
get healthy because it's important. Hands down. I don't care if you eat. If you balanced enough to say I'm going to cook three meals every day and it ain't going to be herb life, but I'm going to make sure I'm staying healthy, by all means do it. True. And teach somebody else how to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we got that crowds in a barrel mentality. If we start pulling each other up out of that barrel, sky's the limit. Right. True. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Sky's the limit. Yeah. So that's what caused me to my purpose. Him. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. It is. It's nice. So people can find you where? Uh, You can get me on social media. My... uh. Instagram is Mr. VIP. Don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's Mr. VIP underscore MEL, Mel. Uh, or you can get me on Facebook and it's just Melvin Johnson. Uh, and then, I, of course, I have my Maximum Nutrition Facebook page. Uh, people can always get on there. But I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, personable. I feel like anybody can reach out and touch me. Uh, uh, my cell phone number is four five six two eight two three one one. I'm I'm just real as I I feel like I can be with people. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I feel like I can get along with anybody. Uh, I don't like enemies. I don't like negativity. So if that's what you're calling for, I'm gonna probably hang up in your face and keep it moving. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and that's it in a nutshell. Well, look at you. Yeah. We appreciate you. Appreciate yes, thank you for coming on. I we went sure. This is a totally different Melvin from twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I, I, I was just telling somebody. I said because uh, somebody else came in there and they knew me from Douglas. They was like, uh, matter of fact, Peel. Oh, okay. Peel was like, Melvin, you weren't like this in school. I said, you know, nobody knew me in school because I was just super quiet. I said. You know, Herbalife has really given me the platform to get people to come in and see me and then interact because they're like, hey, I didn't even know you talked. I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> and I'm pretty cool. So you come in and get to know me, you'll, you'll figure out the same thing. So, right. you know, uh, just like anybody, I have my struggles. I have my day-to-day in up and down. But uh, for the most part, I try to keep a positive attitude and, you know, I give everybody an opportunity to grow because, you know, as as a youngster, we all made mistakes. We all act a certain way, did things we ain't proud of, but it's about the growth. Very Are true. you willing to grow? That's you what's know up. What I'm saying? And I've grown and I'm going to continue to grow. Grow to be yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I told, um, I was telling them, like, the way we ran into each other yeah. was just kind of like, happened to happen so i mean i don't know destiny maybe thank you for coming and sharing our platform with us we appreciate that like i said the city gonna be like oh y'all just got everybody i thought melvin was gonna bring some shakes i thought about it i got y'all next time matter of fact tomorrow when we go to the thing i'm gonna bring y'all some are you gonna come so this is the thing i drink and you're gonna look at me like so you drink this every day and then you don't come over here so i didn't think about that uh-huh. but i drink a, a smoothie every morning mm, bless her heart uh what you drink <laughs> i just need something good I'm, I'm fine with what you bring i'm willing and i'm ready to try like, like so maybe I can flavor wise flavor are you wise? allergic to anything no. okay just don't do bananas do you like uh, butter pecan ice cream? Oh, yes. I got uh, don't bring me nothing. Do you like butter pecan? I got you. Yes. Cookies and cream. No, that's too basic. I don't like basic stuff. Do you like uh, butterfingers? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
She got offended, y'all. Yeah, like, she said I'm hard. Yeah, because yeah. the way he said it, he kind of blew me off. He was like, uh, I don't like no. black. That's racist. Oh, okay. I got you. I do like Butterfinger though, but you know, that's why I can't wait to try. I take it. I can't wait. I got you. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, tomorrow we will be live. Oh, yes. This is gonna air after that, but you know we'll be able to kind of tell you a little bit about how going live looks and what it feels like. Yes, we're gonna we'll record see. it though, so we're gonna record it and post it. Have y'all did a Facebook post? Yeah, yes. we've been doing Facebook posts. Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Tag me so I can share. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You wanna if you want to take a picture too before? Yeah. 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 We can do that. So um, you guys know how you can get in contact with us. We're on Instagram. I changed the name to today. It's okay. Instagram is at Mocha Tea Podcast, all one word. We are on Facebook, Mocha Tea Podcast, and Mocha Tea is all together. Yeah. And then you got the space in the podcast. And then we are on Twitter, Mocha Tea Podcast. Um, you guys can catch us on Spotify, Apple, um, iPod. Apple Podcast. There you go. I always want to say yeah. Apple iPod because yeah. I guess it's just kind of natural. Anyway, yeah. but it's the Apple Podcast app. Um, we are on YouTube, um, Anchor, and SoundCloud. We post a new episode every Sunday. Um, but you guys can always go back and re-listen to us on those apps. Uh, make sure to download the apps if you don't have them. Um, and then we are on Seattle Hip Hop Radio every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time and throughout the week. So go listen to that app. Download the app on your phone. Listen to the app because he's got more than us on there. Um, he's got music. He's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days out of the year. And you may catch an additional episode of us on there. Just surprisingly, if you're listening, who knows? Anyway, um, and then if you want to go old school and just send us an inquiry, we are on mochat2018 at gmail.com. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>